Hello, listeners, and welcome back to PwC's Leap Network How to Empower podcast. And another episode, which I hope is going to uplift you, inspire you, and challenge you for whatever is ahead of you today. As always, this podcast offers practical advice on how you can empower yourself and others to take action and drive change for a more inclusive workplace. A recent Gallup poll revealed that 70% of team engagement is directly related to the quality of the manager or team leader, which means that companies that create more nurturing workplace cultures have a higher success rate than those that don't. The challenge of increasing BME employment is critical to achieving full employment, helping people achieve their aspirations, and ensuring that businesses make the most of the talent and potential that exists in all of our communities. This episode, we'll be looking at black role models in the business world, and I'm delighted to be joined today in our virtual studio by Dennis Owusu-Sem, founder of Success Talks, and Monique Malcolm-Hay, co-chair of PwC's Multicultural Business Network. Uh, Dennis and Monique, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Really excited to be here. Well, fantastic. And, and Dennis, uh, if we can start with you, if we may, could you share your background and ultimately what inspired you to create Success Talks? Yeah, sure. So by way of background, uh, my name is Dennis Wissusem, as you said, um, graduated um, in economics from the University of Bath, uh, spent some time at Goldman Sachs, then started working in the city for an asset management company. Uh, alongside that, I've done a few things to keep me engaged, so to speak. First of which was being the co-founder of an educational app, we provided, which provided students with basic revision notes. We did a million downloads in our first year. Then I moved on to start up a networking organization, um, which provided students and graduates and entrepreneurs um, with just general topics on what they can do to connect with each other and move forward. Um, so that grew to about 3,000 people after 18 months. And then a work colleague of mine asked me, how many black role models in the UK do you know who are not in music, sport or entertainment? I could only think up of three people off the top of my head at that time. So I decided to go out, interview as many senior black leaders as I could find, create a mobile phone app and release it. Um, so I did that, but I'm also quite competitive. And so when I saw this was not going to get to a million downloads anytime soon, I decided to pivot into events. The, the first event was done in collaboration with PwC, Credit Suisse, Linklaters, and that was about educating 15 to 21 year olds on how to get into those industries and organizations. Um, did another one the following year with YouTube and Google in digital media, um, but then realized there's a gap in the market for professionals such as myself. You don't really care about how do you get in, but more how do you progress to senior management and then eventually board level management. So started to do weekly events in the private members club, put our content online. Across all of our social platforms, we've now got about 130,000. Um, but weekly events with the day job, quite frankly, nearly killed me. And so um, started to do monthly ones and then did internal events um, for a couple of banks and um, a couple of universities as well. And then I said, how do I take this concept even further? Um, so I started to do full day conferences whereby I'd invite senior executives from major banks and financial institutions over in America to fly across and then have senior leaders from great financial law firms, tech firms over here, talk to black and ethnic minority professionals about what we need to get ahead. Um, and so I've been doing that for the last few years. Um, was going to do another one this year, but obviously um, COVID put pay to the physical version. So I decided to take it online. We had over 1,500 registrations um, with speakers and attendees from the US, UK, and Africa. 
and so yeah that's pretty much um how i got here um and what i do um with success talks firstly what what i love is the the 1 million download benchmark <laughs> that is just incredible what a what a what an aspiration <laughs> um I guess following that, when you were reaching out to the the role models, you know, when you first set off, you said you do free role models and, and you went to reach out to them. What, what were their sort of advice or what were their key messages that they were giving you about progressing up into senior management? Um, it was very. So when I first started, um, it was very much financial services, law, professional services focused. And that was about obviously getting your head down, being smart with the work, being diligent and being known for good work. But as I've got older um, and as I've done more interviews and as I've spoken to more people from different industries, what I've realized is that while that advice is good, um, I think it takes a little bit more in terms of progression. Um, so it's not just enough to be doing a good job. You kind of have to be well known within the firm and the right people need to know what type of work you're doing, because if you're not there self-advocating, if you're not there making sure that you're in front of the right people, people don't know what you're doing and people don't know about your capability. And so therefore, if that, if that is the case, then you're less likely to be promoted. You're less likely to get on the best projects and then that's going to stifle your career growth, so to speak. So those are some of the key points which I took um, from the, some of those first interviews and subsequent interviews going forward. That's, that's, that's really interesting. And I guess your point on um, uh, expanding your your presence and I guess making people aware of the great work that you're doing I guess links nicely to to, to Monique uh, and, and it'd be great to understand how did you start your journey to joining PwC and and thus then co-chairing the multicultural business network yes definitely so happy to talk a bit more about that so I'll start with my journey to PwC and it's it's quite bizarre really because at the time, I didn't really realize this was happening. But upon reflection, I now realize that the reason why I joined PwC in the first place was really down to me sort of being connected with someone who I saw as a role model. So I'll explain a bit more about that. So when I was at university, you know, I went to university in the UK, in Birmingham, and I always went to a lot of different career fairs. And, you know, from the very beginning, when I was in first year, I was always thinking, okay, where do I want to take my career? My degree was quite broad. I studied business and management. So what that meant is one day I would be thinking, oh, should I go into marketing? The next day it would be, oh, should I go into HR? And the next day it'd be, oh, maybe it's finance. So I was very confused, as you can probably tell. And all throughout the, the first two years, um, I was really trying to figure this out and sort of figure out what type of company I wanted to work for as well. And I went to all these career fairs. I met really great people, but I st still felt very confused. So it wasn't until I actually did a year abroad in my third year, and I went across to the US to study at the University of Florida. And whilst I was there, I actually went to one of their really big sort of career conferences. And I went around all the different company stalls as I usually would. And it wasn't until I got to the PwC stand that I met a guy who was a senior manager at PwC at the time. He was actually from the New York office and he was from the same background as me. So to give a bit more context to that, all four of my grandparents um, are Jamaican and they came over to the UK in the Windrush generation. And this guy was also Jamaican um, and he'd moved across to the US. 
And I didn't really think this at the time. I didn't think that would have an impact on me. But what I now realize is after having a conversation with him on that day and really seeing that someone from the same background as me or a similar background to me was doing really well in their career. You know, he spoke really positively about his experiences at PwC and all the opportunities it can offer working at such a great firm. And he sort of looked at me and said, I know you could do this too. And that was really all I needed. And after having that one conversation with him, I was then so driven, so motivated to work at PwC to the point where I was even sort of saying to people, if, if I apply for this graduate program and I don't get in, I will learn from my mistakes and I'll apply again in the next year. Um, so that's really what got me to PwC was sort of being connected with, with him, who, who I really saw as a role model. And he later did go on to become a partner in the New York office as well. I guess to answer the second part of your question in terms of the multicultural business network, when I then did start working at the PwC UK firm, again, I think it wasn't until I went to one of the MBN's events um, and this was in my first year of joining PwC, that I was then connected with um, Dara Curtin. Um, and she was the, the leader of the Multicultural Business Network at the time. And she'd actually helped to relaunch the network. And I was so inspired by the work that she was doing to really empower people from ethnic minority backgrounds within their career, helping them to progress, um, helping connect them to different opportunities and different people within the firm. Um, and just building a really great community. So I really got heavily involved with the MBN after attending that first event. And then that led on to me becoming co-chair at a later date. Amazing. And, and look, I'm, I'm obviously very PwC biased, but I, I just love, and you hear so many stories of just the people in this firm who were just amazing and giving you, like you said, the confidence even from, uh, you know, uh, completely over the seas in Florida saying, you know, we're from the same backgrounds, you can do this and spurring you on is just, I love that. And it's just so inspiring. Um, do you still keep in touch with, with the PwC partner in, in Florida? Yes, um, good question. I actually do. And the reason why I'm saying good question is because um, he actually, we actually fell out of touch for a number of years um, and we reconnected last year. So it's been quite recent that we've gotten back in touch, but we still do talk now. Um, and, um, and yeah, it's just really great to, to sort of have someone there supporting me as well. And, and you know, I mean, what a role model, right? It just literally has told you you can do it and now is, is, is still steering you from a senior position in the firm. It's just absolutely fantastic. Um, just following up on that question, Monique, growing up, who, who were your role models and why? So... I would definitely say that my really key role models were my grandparents um, and in particular um, my grandma on my mother's side and I guess the reason for that was because they really instilled into me sort of two things so one was being proud about my culture and where I'm from um, so really being proud about the fact that you know our family originates from Jamaica um, and, and sort of really advocating for that culture and then the second thing was hard work. Um, you know, I, I really saw that my, my grandparents sort of came across to the UK. They took on jobs to help rebuild the UK economy after World War II. And they worked so hard, really long hours to, to sort of support the family, um, make sure that my mum was okay. Um, and then that helped to, to make sure that I was okay later on in life. 
um, and they continuously carried out that hard work all throughout their working years up until retirement. Um, and even still to this day, they talk so proudly about the fact that they were able to contribute to the UK economy in the way they did. Um, so that really inspired me growing up and they were real role, role models for me. Um, and that's kind of what's instilled the sort of um, hard working attitude that, that I have today. Incredible. And Dennis, same question to you growing up. Who are your role models? I think from my perspective, um, I was mainly looking at my immediate family. Um, one, because I, don't, I didn't really see many other role models or people to look up to beyond that. But secondly, actually understanding their journey. So my dad initially came here and then followed by my mum. He came here with 20 pounds in his pocket and a dream of making a better life. And even though we didn't necessarily have like all the riches in the world, he, he definitely made sure, and my mum as well, made sure that I didn't really want for anything that I didn't need. Uh, and just seeing the progress over the years from when I was younger, I mean, just growing up and seeing how they progressed, it's been really inspirational in that regard. Um, another role model, um, which I probably don't say enough, is, is probably my older brother. Um, again, he was born in Ghana and came over here. Um, but he's someone I look up to because obviously he's really hardworking, also really intelligent. Like when it came to GCSEs, he got one of the top five marks in English literature um, out of the country in the entire country. And then went on to Oxford, and he's done really well for himself. And so being able to look up to him has also been really inspirational and taking a lot from him, even though living in his shadow um, has been tough at times. Um, but then by the same consequence, I, I think my sister as well is someone who I weirdly do look up to because she has obviously my older brother um, to look up to and she has myself and all the stuff which I do to look up to. And sometimes that brings with it an, an element of pressure and expectation. But she herself, she's gone on to do great things. She's gone to a great university uh, and she's someone that I really um, look up to in terms of dealing with that pressure of expectation because when you have that sibling rivalry, you always want to do more. And, and sometimes it's not that easy. So those are the people that I look up to in terms of role models when I was growing up. I love that. And I hope they get to listen to this podcast and listen to how you talk so, so amazingly about them. Um, and obviously, since Success Talks, you, you've been able to meet, uh, you know, some of the role models you said that were lacking when you first were, were seeking role models. And it should be great, obviously, as you've met quite a few now and you know, through Success Talks. What, what impact have those role models had on you personally? Uh, and why is it so important to have black role models in the business world specifically? I think it's a really interesting question because like having like I've had this conversation before with someone and they've they asked me the question, who's been the most impactful person or who's been the best speaker that you've had? Uh, and to be honest with you, I can't actually nail it down to one individual person because everybody has given me something different. Um, and, and in terms of my own personal knowledge and development, this has actually taken me to, to places I never thought would have been possible, so to speak. I'll give a quick example. Um, when I started, it was definitely supposed to be UK-based and that's just trying to get as many black role models in the UK together. But my journey um, actually took me over to New York. Um, I got introduced to a gentleman over there um, and I just said, okay, cool. And he said, oh, why don't you just come to my house? Um, and this was in Irvington. And I was like, all right, cool. 
maybe in hindsight, I probably should have done a bit more research into what the address was. Um, but yeah, I just hopped on the train from Grand Central, going out to Irvington, um, hopped in the cab. I mean, the cab driver um, dropped me off at this massive, massive property. And he looked wow. at the building, he looked at me, he looked at the building again and said, who actually lives in there? Because this is a massive house. And I was like, I'm not entirely sure. Popped out of the car. And as I was walking towards the front gates, I saw like this little plaque on the lawn. And it said, this used to be the property of Madam CJ Walker, the first self-made millionaire, um, black millionaire. Uh, and when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Uh, and when I did further research, I, I recognized that apparently on this road, um, the Rockefellers used to have properties back in the day and other wealthy, rich individuals um, used to live there. But in that house was um, a black guy um, called Harold Dole, um, who was the first black individual to get a seat on the stock exchange, New York Stock Exchange, when they had seats back in the day. They don't do that now. Uh, and when he was telling me about his journey and some of his struggles, it, it really did put into perspective how far people have come and, and what the possibilities can be moving forward as well and just having those types of conversations has been massively inspiring to just make me think okay i really shouldn't just be limiting like what i can do just to what i see in front of me the world is your oyster and it's just about how you navigate that and how you can take advantage of the opportunities and the resources that you have to become and be more if i was to bring it back to the uk um from my perspective i'm in finance uh, and so when I, I, like I said before, I can't narrow it down, but if I look at some of the people in the finance world who have done really good things, um, you, you've got the likes of Sir Ken Alyssa, um, who, was one, who was the first um, black director of a FTSE 100 company, Thomson Reuters, um, and he's done massively well over his career, coming from a poor background in Nottingham, and is now Lord Lieutenant um, of Greater London, in addition to selling companies for hundreds of millions of pounds. Um, Wal Kalade, again, someone who, who's, who I really do look up to in terms of starting his own private equity company and, and then really growing that into what it is today. Um, then there's another gentleman called Dawid Konateohulu. He started off as a lawyer. When he was trying to go for a law exam, um, he basically went through, got the qualification, was going for an interview, uh, and then was told that, right, sorry, Dawid, you're great, but we allowed another black guy in last year. And so because of that, we can't allow you in this year. Uh, and when you hear stories like that, it really puts into perspective how much things have changed, but then how much still we have further to go given recent events and everything else like that. But he didn't let that stop him. He eventually did end up working in law, then transferred into investment banking, and then started doing his own practice um, for advising pension funds about how to manage the, the money, because obviously there's a massive deficit for lots of companies. And I think his company now advises um, about four trillion pounds worth of assets. And so again, when you, when you hear those types of stories and you see the journeys that people have taken, it does kind of just raise your perspective and make you want to think a bit bigger and a bit wider in terms of what you want to do. And that allows me um, to really just believe that I can do more and be more in that regard. So those are some of the, the role models that I, I look up to. But as I said before, um, there are so many people um, but I can't actually name because everybody has their own unique take on what makes them special and what got them to their current place. 
I mean, all those individuals sound absolutely incredible. And, and I don't blame you. How, how on earth could you nail just one down, right? I mean, they're all so incredibly inspirational. And I guess coming from a personal perspective, I think to build on that, I don't think it's ever too late to keep searching and, and connecting with role models. I mean, I recently had my disability. I was only 2018. And I'm one of the key things that's really got me, I guess, where I am today is, is um, you know, peer support and interacting with other people who have you know, from similar backgrounds have had the same sort of experience to me but have really made the most out of their situation and has given me something to aspire to and something that i'm still aspiring to today so so i love that message i think you know keep searching keep connecting and and, and keep spreading the word right like you said it's we're making positive strides but there's still a long way to go um, yeah and, and the benefit of continuing to connect is you just don't know what doors are going to open and like when I first started this, I literally just thought it'd be great to just interview 10 black people, create a mobile phone app and release it. But now we've done over 60s. It's led me to different countries and connecting with senior leaders across the world. Like you genuinely don't know. And if you can go into the interactions looking to add value, you'd be surprised at what comes back to you um, in return. Well, there you go, listeners. So there's your top tip. Get out there and then keep connecting, keep searching for role models and, and keep spreading the word. Um, Monique, a really good question for you I'm really keen to ask is how does having visible black role models help others to step into careers that they might not have considered otherwise? Yeah, I guess thinking of your own experience from PwC. Yes, and that's a, a really great question. And I think having those visible role models can really make a difference. So even from my own ex experience and my own story that I explained earlier, you know, me connecting with that senior manager over in the US, by me meeting him and having the conversation I did and sort of seeing that he was doing really well in the sort of professional services space working at PwC, that really influenced my decision to then enter that sector and enter PwC. So I think that for in itself is a, is a really great example of how having a visible role model can completely change someone's direction. I think other great sort of experiences and examples I've seen is even sort of linking it back to success talks and, and the work that Dennis is doing. You know, I first met Dennis a couple of years ago when I went to a success talks conference and being at that conference and hearing from all the fantastic sort of black and ethnic minority role models that day was really, really inspiring. And I guess initially for me, it was inspiring because it really inspired me to be more ambitious and sort of really think about where I wanted to take my career and my future and realize that anything is possible and that I can actually get there. Um, and also, I would say as well, you know, even with events such as that, I've seen instances where people have been really influenced to, to change their career and, and move perhaps into a more ambitious sector because they now believe they can because they've seen someone who's quite similar to them. Um, actually doing that. So I think it can have a massive impact. And I think visibility is really key, um, particularly for people from underrepresented backgrounds, because um, it can completely change um, what they're aiming to do. Just, just amazing. I mean, uh, I, I love I love the messages that we get from this podcast, right? I mean, literally hearing firsthand the impact that it can have on, on someone. Um, and, and I guess to wrap up, Monique, um, you know, maybe let's take it back a step and, and sort of what is a role model and how can everyone feel empowered to be a role model? 
So I really think that a role model is someone who people look up to. And it's particularly young people or, you know, people who are who are younger than this role model who will look up to them. Um, and I really believe that role models are people who inspire the next generation and really help them to step up um, and sort of set the precedent, if you like, on on how people should sort of be going forward. So I guess um, a, a great example of that is even within the PwC Multicultural Business Network, we also do a lot of work with local communities, nonprofits and social in- enterprises where we will run a career events and other types of working sessions with young people to show them, you know, not only what it means to have a career at PwC, but what are some of the things that we do in our careers at PwC and how do we sort of see ourselves individually as leaders? And what that helps to do is these young people then look at that and think, okay, this is fantastic. This gives me a great example of the types of behaviours that I can then carry out as well. So um, I really think that that's what a a role model is, is someone who people really look up to um, and it can set a great example for for how people can be going forward. And and, and Dennis, same question to you. What, what, What is a role model and how can everyone feel empowered to be a role model? Um, I, I echo everything that Monique has eloquently put there, um, because, yeah, it's just about um, being that example to people around you as to what is possible. Um, but I also would say, um, like even myself, I've like recently in the summer, I was listed on Forbes as one of the top 25 black British leaders to follow. And I was kind of surprised a bit, if I'll be honest with you, by that. Because for me, I'm just doing something which I'm really interested in. And and my journey is just something which has just happened. But it just also goes to show that just because something is not necessarily insignificant, but maybe because you don't put as much weight and relevance on it, doesn't necessarily mean that it won't be able to have that impact on somebody else. Uh, And what may seem mundane to you or might might seem, say, um, a bit humdrum, it's not necessarily the case. It could be massively inspiring. And so people shouldn't be that self-critical in that regard. I think people should just continue to to continue to do great work, to continue to put themselves out there and obviously connect with people because it, it, especially in this type of environment where people are obviously um, keeping away from each other, this is, the more, this is the time more than ever that we really do need to see those connections. We need to see those relationships being built and anything you can do to demonstrate your ability to help other people is great. Um, and then take it even further where possible by having those conversations, by making sure that you're, you're putting out the ideas that maybe someone can take on board and move forward with. So, yeah, I, as I said, I echo everything that Monique said, and I wouldn't underestimate anyone's ability to be a role model because you never know what impact you could have on somebody else. I don't think we could end the episode on, on a better note than that, right? Uh, that, that is just absolutely fantastic. And what a message to our listeners. And then hopefully you, t- you take that forward. And that, that draws us to, to a close of another episode of How to Empower. Uh, look, thank you so much, Dennis and Monique, for your time today. Uh, to you, our listeners, thank you for tuning in. And if you'd like to share your thoughts, please, please, please get in touch with us using the hashtag PwC underscore leap. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, pretty much all social media. Please get in touch. And of course, don't forget to rate, comment or subscribe to the podcast to make sure you can keep up to date with future episodes. But for another episode, thank you very much. Mm-hmm.